Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement and, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple podcast. Podcast one. Spotify. Welcome to your Friday edition of Collider Movie Talk. We have a special show today because we're giving out some summer season awards. We've got a whole bunch of categories to go through. And then on top of that, we are catching up on a whole bunch of key trailers we missed throughout the week. Movies that could go on to get Academy Award nominations. So we're going to highlight some of our favorites there. And I have the pleasure of doing that today. With Josh and Silas. Hi, hey, guys. What's up, Perry? I uh, just assumed you both knew each other already, and it's I, this freaking is me out. First time hanging out with Silas. We have similar tastes in television, so we've been talking about that. I know this is movie talk. But uh, before we go on, I'd, I'd really like to point out that Silas did not wear purple, and it's really pissing me off. I know. I'm so sorry. He does, what, what's your shirt today? This is a Benicula shirt. Okay. Benicula? Is that a bunny uh, Dracula? Yeah. That's that's why it's okay that he's not wearing purple. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I will give you that. <laughs> All right. No time to waste today. We are jumping into our first category, which we're calling our summer movie summer summer movie season awards. It's a lot. That's the right order of words. We've got four categories we're going to hit right now. Best performance, best director, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. Silas, let's start with you for best performance of summer 2019. Who you got? I, I wound up going with Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Um, I I think it's kind of an easy answer because he's like the stereotypical like actor, actor. The movie's so good. I, I don't think I've seen another movie this year that has made me want to go back and just see it again. And as soon as I sort of like decided, okay, well, that, that movie sticks out for me uh, as one of the highlights of the year. And his performance just is my favorite in the film. I don't know if I'm as enthusiastic about the movie overall. I did think it was quite good, but, you know, it's not even just an easy answer. It's probably the right answer because I think at this point in time, and I know we still have a lot of movies to go, he's at the top of many lists for uh, Best Actor nomination prediction, so it makes sense. He'll get one, I would imagine. Oh, I'm betting on I it. feel like <laughs> there's two there's two camps for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's the people that love it, which I have a couple, like a bunch of friends that loved it and the people just like i liked it like there's no people that were like i hated that movie right even my wife who doesn't like doesn't know who quentin tarantino really is like she's not like what pulp fiction she was like it was pretty good 
I'm right? sure. I'm sure that the the hate at camp exists, but I can't I say I've actually. Though, I yeah. haven't really had a conversation with someone who strongly disliked that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's my kind of movie. I mean, '60s, early '70s Hollywood. I know it's '69, but like you're trending towards early '70s. I mean, I can watch Boogie Nights whenever it's on. So like that era of Hollywood, even though that's the porn industry, any. Kind of like old school Hollywood. I love it. All right. Let's uh, play some bets right now. So come award season, who do you think has the better shot of getting a nomination? And I don't know what they're doing with the categories. If DiCaprio would be lead and Pitt would be supporting. But who do you think has a better shot of getting a nomination in their respective category between the two of them? I think DiCaprio. I think Brad Pitt is exceptional in it. But... Part of it's just he's a cool guy. Like he just sort <laughs> he of is. stands there and he's really cool. And that's the character. So while I think he's amazing at that, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a challenge. Um, whereas Leonardo DiCaprio goes to some places in the film that I think are kind of hard to reach for an actor. Yeah, I would I would lean towards Leo as well. As much as I could watch Brad Pitt be cool on camera in any movie yeah, I mean, acting-wise, I would think I would definitely lean towards At Leo. this point in time, I think I'm in agreement with you guys. Yeah, All yeah. right, Makuga, who is your pick for best performance of the summer? Best performance. Uh, I was torn between the two lovely ladies from Booksmart okay. and Shia LaBeouf and Peanut Butter Falcon. And I went with Shia LaBeouf and Peter, Peanut Butter Falcon because this movie blew my mind. Like, I, I knew I would like it. I knew what I'd like it from the trailer. And I watched it, and I immediately watched it again. And that rarely happens with movies for me. It's 90 minutes of just pure joy. And this movie is absolutely fantastic. I, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. I'm not going to comment on Peanut Butter Falcon because I'll get back to it soon enough. Yeah. Silas, did you see this one? I haven't, and I'm, I'm really excited. I, I've watched the trailer, and honestly, I, I can't wait to double feature it with Joker. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like just him and his father as a clown. Right. Uh, it seems like there's some it's some thematic glue there. Oh, Honey Honey Boy. Honey yeah. Boy is the one about... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, going yeah. backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I Honey Boy is coming out later this year. Highly recommend that one if you oh, guys you get saw the... That? Okay. Saw it at Sundance. That was one of my favorite movies I was like, Sundance. wait, Joker and Peanut are funny. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf <laughs> is having one heck He's of a year. He's been gone for so long that now... <laughs> no. Well, his return in Peanut Butter Falcon, God, that movie is just... I mean, I saw a screener of it and then watched the screener again, and then I took my wife to see it in a the theater. So I've seen it three times. Yes. I loved that movie. That's how you yeah. do it. Yeah. All right. So I don't talk about Peanut Butter Falcon anymore and spoil okay. one of my future picks. My pick for best performance of summer 2019 is the only performance I've seen all year where when I walked away, I was just like 100% sure that this individual delivered the best performance I've seen thus far and deserves an Oscar nomination. And it's Jesse Buckley in Wild Rose. I don't necessarily think the movie's making enough noise to get mm. her to the Academy Awards, but at least maybe a Best Original Song nomination could be a possibility for that movie. But she is something else. And just wait. As the months go by, she's going to be in more and more things. And before we know it, she's going to be a superstar. But if you haven't seen Wild Rose, cannot recommend that enough. I don't. I, it came and went in the theater so quickly, right? It, it's limited. Okay. It, it got a limited release, I believe, at the end of June. But, okay. you know, the second that hits any sort of streaming service, I, I really got do it. think you would like it. I, I know that I would. I liked the trailer. Okay. I, loved I loved it. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't really been on my radar, but yeah, hearing you say that, it's like, that's, that's on my list now. Neon is crushing it this year between that they've got uh, loose in theaters, which is also well worth seeing. Speaking of which, another great performance, Calvin Harrison Jr. And then they have you shouldn't see this one, but they have The Lodge coming out later this year. Silas, go see The Lodge. <laughs> you love horror. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next category: Best Director. 
Best director, Olivia first? Wilde, Booksmart. Yes, I like that. That was the only reason why I'm like, okay, with you uh, passing on Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver yeah. in the last category, because I knew it was going to come up eventually. No, I think uh, as far as like a directorial debut, you rarely see this quality of a project in a, a movie. Uh, and it could have been so cookie cutter. It could have been so just stereotypical, like this is our high school coming of age story. But the way it was shot, the way that it was crafted and the way that they like took their time and uh, the way that Olivia Wilde took her time in a lot of shots that maybe a lot of directors wouldn't think are necessary, I think really made this movie. Well, one of the things she told me when I spoke to her at the junket was there were a couple of uh, very memorable shots that she had a fight for. It's like, you know, that pool sequence. Yes. Like it's a very uh, stylish bit of the movie. And it yeah. really adds a lot of atmosphere and even adds depth to Caitlin Deaver's situation at the given moment. And she had a fight for that. And she actually did. And I feel like those are the po- those are the parts of the movie where you could see her specific influence as a director where nobody else could have duplicated that. And the if- crazy thing that you say that is I think about that pool scene when I think about how the movie was directed. Like I, I just I love that scene. Yeah. You into Booksmart? I, I think it's a, a fantastic choice. In fact, it may have even gone on my list had I not seen your list first. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it's going to get attention. <laughs> that movie is still my fourth favorite movie of 2019. Fourth favorite movie of yeah. 2019. I'd say my top five for sure. Yeah. 100%. Avengers Endgame, Us, Britney Runs a Marathon, Booksmart. Got it. Yeah, okay. those are going to be in the top ten sure, at the end sure, of the year. Sure, I just sure. feel it. I feel it. All Our right, top Silas. fives are so different. It's amazing. I know, probably. It's the you best. probably don't have a single horror movie on your list. <laughs> I do not. No. What is your pick for best director, Silas? I mean, not to sound like a Tarantino fanboy, but I also picked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, okay. um, which you know it sort of gave me pause before I did because I, I know I already picked it for best actor, and it's the only other category that I, I picked for it. But it's so good, yeah. uh, and. It's a movie that I have gone and seen multiple times in the theater and enjoyed more on repeat viewings, and I want to go see again. And I, I can't remember the last time a movie really did that. I think that, that Tarantino, some of his movies have an amazing rewatchability factor. Like for me, uh, Kill Bill Volume 2 and uh, Inglorious Bastards I can watch anytime, right? Like those are my two favorite Tarantino movies. This one, whenever it's going to come on HBO or whatever mm-hmm. pay channel that I have and it's on there, anytime it's on, I don't care where it is in the movie, I will watch. I think it has something to do with the fact that he is just a pro at, like, of course his movies have, like, an overarching narrative, but he's so good at making each scene almost like a complete moment. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think about Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'll always think of the scene with uh, Julia Butters and Leonardo DiCaprio, that sequence where he's, uh, he's performing and he's working with her. I think that conversation and then the end result is just such a beautiful moment for both characters. I agree. Yeah. It, it makes me really love living in Hollywood too it it has such a love for the history and for all of these sort of like timeless things that that belong as much to dreams as to reality and we drive past I drive past that safari inn every single day I mean, Do you know I lived in the Safari Inn for like a week and a half when what? I was trying to find a par- an apartment to move here? <laughs> this, you lived there? I lived there for way too long. I keep trying to pitch my wife on like, let's stay at the Safari Don't, Inn for a yeah. night. Yeah, she is not <laughs> into the idea. It's a, it's a fine pit stop type place if you want one night there, sure. but you don't want to spend. Like, yeah. I think I was there for something like 10 to 12 nights. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a rough I was scene. done at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I needed my bed. <laughs> All right. My pick for best director, probably a movie you haven't seen, Josh. But seriously, I say this. You know. I wouldn't steer you into, you know, a barrage of Pennywise. uh, Mm -hmm. No, you don't trust me. (laughs) Crawl, crawl. Alexander Aja for crawl. Okay. Okay, listen. You're making me feel better right now. 
I am scared of everything, okay? But there was something about that crawl trailer that okay. I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's alligators. I mean, I know I'm going to have jump scares and stuff like that, and I will be scared, but I like the natural disaster kind of stuff, I dig. These are some of the most satisfying jump scares I've seen all year in that certain times when I was, like, jumping, it was more of a, oh, my God, and, like, root for the character kind of way. There's okay. one particular scene in this movie where I was loving it, and it's right around the midpoint, but I was love, love, loving it, and when this happened, I'm like... Like, I was practically standing the rest of the movie. I was so crazed by everything that was happening. But I put this in the best director category because this movie easily could have been along the lines of, and I'm not knocking anyone who likes Sharknado out there, but it could have been a silly Sharknado type thing. Alexander Aja so expertly directs this this contained, that like the whole thing basically takes place in the house. And a lot of it takes place underneath, too, in the crawl space. And the fact that he is able to establish the geography make every visual interesting and he gets such great performances out of uh kaya scotelario and barry pepper i just applaud him for this one he knocks it out of the park barry pepper i rarely mentioned anymore i love barry he's pepper. great yeah. he's great Fantastic. in this all right crawl. did you see crawl i did i liked crawl a lot I, okay i wish the uh visual effects were maybe a little stronger especially towards the beginning um but i i, I really enjoyed it okay I, I, so i'll this take what is, i can get this is going to be on one of those like i'll watch this one you know, like on a non-demand or something like that. I and really think you'd enjoy it. might have to be it. during the daytime. Like, I, I got to set my standards. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if I watch this at night, uh, Just make sure it's not raining. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you remember Hard Rain? Do you remember the movie Hard yeah. Rain? Do you ever see Hard Rain? We, I think we've had this discussion. I've yeah. never seen Hard Rain before, but Christian I did put Slater, it on a Morgan list recently. Freeman. It was like a $180 million movie or 120 and they made like... $10 million opening week and they flooded an entire town like a high school they flooded a high school and shot movie like all on jet skis and boats it was rough. and it wasn't a good movie that was the other problem hard rain that's yeah. how I'll follow up all of my TIFF viewing by watching <laughs> that alright I'll go first for biggest disappointment and get it out of the way because I think I had a recent rant on movie talk about this one The Kitchen how do you assemble an ensemble like that and then wind up with a movie like this I thought it had so much potential and it's just Every, particularly when it came to story structure, I don't think any of the performances were bad, but it just wasted everything. Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, and uh, Elizabeth Moss had to give. I was just really so, so bummed. So much of the movie feels like incomplete. There are just some inexcusable missteps with the kitchen that made it one of the biggest bummers of the summer for me. Yeah. I, I didn't see it. Um, it's, it's one of those movies that, you know, it was coming out and you can sort of tell when they have realized that there's not going to be momentum in the movie. just Yeah. And I, I, I just didn't see it as a result. I, I legit was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, what was that movie with Melissa McCarthy, right? Then I was like, oh, that didn't come out in theaters yet. And then I was like, wait a second. Perry went to the screening and told me this Tiffany Haddish story. Mm. Like, okay, so it did come out. Wait, is it still in theaters? Let me look. No? Was it just, like, was it a week in the theaters? There was no talk about it. There was no even social media presence. I saw no, like, there was nothing pushed any kind of a trend with The Kitchen. And it, you're right. It is kind of a bummer. Usually you can coast on an ensemble like that, but yeah. this one wasn't even worth it. I wow. think that this one, everybody involved, it was better off if they took that position of, you know, like, we'll do what we have to. Let this one just go away. Right. It's weird, too, because it's technically a DC comic yeah. Yeah. movie yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. All Another. right, Silas, you're up. What is your biggest disappointment? Okay, I, I have to preface this by saying that it's also one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> so, um, but Dead Don't Die, uh, Jim Jarmusch's what? movie. <laughs> I, I love My wife Jim was Jarmusch. through your first comment that it was one of your favorite movies of the year. I, I love Jim Jarmusch, and there was no way I wasn't going to love this movie, and there's so much in the movie that I still love, and I can't wait to see again and see if my opinion has changed. But 
it was the most disappointing time I had at a theater. Uh, it it kind of fell flat, and it just wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. I don't know yeah. you that well, but I can just see you walking out of the theater just like... Because you sound like you like Jim Jarmusch so much. You walk out of the theater, it's like... <sighs> Like, I, I see the dejection. I just see it. I hear it. I hear it. That's yeah. a real thing, though. It's like, you could absolutely love a movie, but recognize that there are so many inexcusable flaws in it. Yeah. And it, it hurts when you can't defend those flaws, but that doesn't take away from your enjoyment of the movie. Yeah. All yeah. right. I won't see that, right? Dead, don't I? I mean, you could. You're not going to be scared by it, but I, I'm with Just Silas. Your... I found it very flat, very slow, not very funny, extremely repetitive. I okay. wouldn't say it's worth your time. Got it. Got it. Okay. Instead, there's a movie we're going to talk about when we get to the trailers that's a mm-hmm. zombie movie that I suspect is worth your time. Okay. I hear wonderful things about it, but Got first, it. what's your biggest uh, disappointment? Uh, biggest disappointment by far is Dark Phoenix. I, I idiot, idiotly, whatever, went and spent money on this movie because I really liked the X-Men like I went to this movie, and I, I feel like X Men First Class was this unbelievable like reboot of a franchise, right? Like I loved X Men First Class, and I dug X Men Days of Future Past. I didn't love it as as much as everybody else did. Like this is the and Captain America too, right? And then this third one, uh, what was it called? The Apocalypse X Men Apocalypse was terrible. And this one was just a trash heap of a movie. And I was like, what did we do to the X-Men franchise? I understand that a lot of these people are like, well, they got a time into the MCU, so they just winged a movie. You spent a ton of money on this movie. Did we not see this coming? Like, this is clearly a mail-in X-Men movie. I'm sorry I'm getting a little pat, but I spent money on this stupid movie, and I love Sophie Turner. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I was, and Jean Grey was, like, the best part of the first three X-Men, and they just totally threw Jean Grey up into space. I'm like, good luck. I feel like the only reason this wasn't my biggest disappointment is because... At a point, we knew it was going to be a disappointment, so I wound up being pleasantly surprised that it wasn't completely unwatchable. Oh, it was just brutal for me. Like, I was just bored at times. Yeah. Just absolutely bored. I can understand that. Uh, All right, let's not end this segment yes. on a low note because we are finishing up with our biggest surprise of summer 2019. I'll just get mine out of the way first because it was something that was brought up recently, and it's the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. You you hear a title like that, and if you have never read a synopsis, you're like, what is this? Right. I don't know about that. And... Even though there was so much talk about it, I managed to avoid, and this never happens with me, spoiler, like, spoilers, obviously, synopsis, trailers, everything, went into the movie completely blind, and I was just absolutely delighted. Mm -hmm. And because the movie keeps going wider, they're playing the trailer on TV all the time, and every single time it comes out, like a freaking trailer, I stop, and I turn, and I watch my TV, and it's always that line where he's like, he's like, what's, like, the number one rule? Party. Party. Yeah, I love that. It's my favorite it's, thing. It I is, adore that movie. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I know I talked about it already, but I think it's in Pittsburgh soon. I told my parents, if you see it at a theater, you have to go see it uh, because they'll love the movie too. I mean, it's for all generations. It's for all people. It's just the sweetest, most heartwarming story mm-hmm. you'll ever see. It's one of those movies that I would say, like, I really can't imagine a scenario where someone doesn't like this. Uh, you no. don't have to love it as much as we do, sure. but where someone doesn't at least like the movie. No, you have to have, you have to be a heartless, soulless person to not like the peanut butter film. All right. I'm tossing it back to you. What's your biggest surprise? Okay. I was going to put good boys. Is my biggest surprise because I saw that this past weekend and I laughed through that entire movie. I loved Good Boys. Uh, It just, it's, that's my kind of movie. Put that in my, my Mount Rushmore of the year. That's in my top five right now. But I went with Rocket Man mostly because I knew I would like it. I don't love musicals. 
But this it's an Elton John like homage musical sort of thing with and that, that almost feels like the camera is taking you on a journey the whole time. I love this movie. Like I was floored by how much I love this movie. I love Elton John music. I love I mean I know the story. I remember watching the behind the music from back in the day. I loved Rockman and I know everybody liked it and what but it was just such a surprise to me how much I liked it. Yeah. Did you like Rockman too? Silas? I did. I I I think at times it falls a little too much into the standard biopic, but sure. it's so good. And Taron Edgerton is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's another one we should watch out for the next couple of weeks. Depending on what comes out from the festival circuit, he yeah. could wind up being a, a chance for a best uh, actor nod. I would be I would be shocked if he wasn't. I would be almost disappointed. If he He's wasn't. so and I mean, I'll be di- a little disappointed again. I can't say I'll be fully disappointed because yeah. I don't know what else is in contention at yeah. this point. But even if it doesn't happen this time, I think we've seen already time and time again that Taron Egerton will be back again and totally. again and again. I can see him being like, you know, mid to late 30s getting one of those like career defining kind of roles. Do you he's, know what I mean? I mean, when you think about how many credits he's amassed in such a short period of time, it's really something else. Yeah, for sure. Biggest surprise of summer, Silas. Ready or not. Yes. Uh, just such a fun movie. I thought it looked fun from the trailer, but it was one of those trailers where, you know, it can sort of go either way. Uh, and then actually seeing the movie was one of the best times I had at the theater all year. Uh, it, it kind of, it's like Clue meets Evil Dead 2. Interesting. <laughs> I was going to say when I saw the trailer, I was like, kind of like a crazy Clue. I, it's crazy to me that it's hi- it is essentially hide and seek the movie, and it's okay. good because okay. how many times have we heard about game adaptations and we're like, that sounds ridiculous, a Ouija movie, a Stretch Armstrong movie, stop <laughs> this nonsense! And now hide and seek happens to be super cinematic. I dig it, Josh. You should see this. Okay, it's, okay. It does have a horror tinge to it, but it's more action thriller horror, and I think you'd have a blast with it. Smore Weaving was is in Smilf. Oh, so good. And I I loved her in Smilf and. Uh, I when I saw her in this trailer, I was like, okay, you can sell me on tomorrow weaving, and then I was like, this is gonna be a horror thing, and then it kind of, then I was like, okay, it could be like a crazy clue. It seemed more violent than horror, which I dig. She is a movie coming out at TIFF soon called Guns Akimbo, where she is unrecognizable and she stars opposite Daniel Radcliffe. And just because she's, you know, I love Daniel Radcliffe, too, and I happen to like that director from another movie he had done. But at this point, I will follow Samara Weaving wherever she goes. Okay, Yeah, always picks interesting stuff. All right. Before we move on to story number two today, which is covering a couple trailers we missed. For our promo today, we're making a big announcement. So it's been nice doing movie talk at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But you know where we could have the most fun? (laughs) In the morning. So we are going back to 9 a.m. Pacific noon eastern this edition of movie talk is something you are probably going to be looking forward to because in addition to the new time we're also going to have some new segments and more content a longer show no more 20 minutes we are going to go a little longer depending on the stories we're talking about so it is going to be a good time as soon as i am back in la from tiff we are going to kick this off making that move to 9 a.m so Write it, write it down in your calendars and your phones. I don't know, wherever you put this kind of memo, set your alert because when we're back in town, I believe, what was it, the 16th? Is that, is that that Monday, Adam? Where's that graphic? Let's get that graphic so again. The 13th. 13th. No, no the no, 12th no. is when I get back from TIFF. There 16th, it is. 16th, yes. There's 16th. no date on that. Yes. <laughs> the 16th, that Monday, we are going to 9 a.m. Pacific. Do not forget, I will see you then because I have this episode and then I think I'm doing the episode on Monday and then. 
God help you all. John Roca's in charge. <laughs> Two weeks of TIFF. Holy Yeah, Lord. yeah. It's a it's a lengthy festival. You got to uh-huh. cram in as much as you can so you're all prepared for Oscar season Damn. because FYC is coming back also. Wow. Before I get too out of control of all wow, that stuff, Perry. let's get to our trailers. So trailers we are discussing right now. We've got One Cut of the Dead, The Laundromat, The King, and The Aeronauts. Who wants to go first? What is the trailer that you enjoyed the most? Laundromat. Yes. Uh, I, I, I love The Informant. I, I think that, like, not only do I love The Informant, but I We're forget. in a small group of people that like The Informant. Like, I really enjoy The Informant. I forget how much I like uh, The Informant. And then every time I watch it, I just am laughing. Um, such a silly cavalcade of stupidity, and I loved it. <laughs> I really, really did. And this, just, this almost looks like a flipped, like, it, it looks like the the... the Antagonists of this movie are maybe smarter than than uh, Matt Damon's character, yeah. but they're facing off against Meryl Streep, uh, who it, it just looks like such a good time. I'll and, just never say no to Soderbergh. <laughs> like, give bring bring on this style and this flavor. I feel like you could look at a concept like this and think it might be a little dry and serious. And when you see just like the pops of color and the comedic beats he's gotten there, it works so well. It felt like a Coen Brothers movie a little bit too, which Mm -hmm. I I love that. Yeah, for sure. What is your pick for favorite trailer of the bunch? Uh, I love epic movies and I'm part of the Shallow Mayhem. Put them in it. And so, is that the official thing we're going with? Shallow Mayhem? Shallow Mayhem, yeah. Uh, So the king, you know, apparently this is based off Henry V. It's like it is Henry V is is the king they're going after. You got your, you know, tormented king. You've got Joel Edgerton writing it and starring in it. Uh, All those epic battles. Like, I love Braveheart. And we haven't seen one of these kind of epic battle, you know, medieval movies in a long, long time. So maybe our palates have been cleansed from that inundation of those movies post Braveheart uh, and we haven't seen Timothy Chalamet outside of like a, a, an indie movie where he's playing kind of a down on his luck or just you know whatever Call Me By Your Name was and then the Steve Carell movie where he was the drug addict he always seems to be playing those really uh, Oscar worthy performance indie movies put him in an epic movie I kind of want to see what he does well I mean I think the big difference there is also just the fact that like he's a king with, with a different level of power in this one totally but- Hopefully it adds to his range. So yeah. because you're a big uh, Chalamet fan, does that mean you're really looking forward to Little Women also? Uh, no. <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to be yeah, your answer. No. Um, I had to read that book and I was like, oh, God, here we go. I, you know, I haven't fully read it. Really? Everyone, everyone picked on me last time because you know how much I read now, but I didn't read yeah. when I was younger. And oh, that's when school. you usually read Little Women. Mm. So I think I read like the spark notes or something. Oh, oh, yeah. Cliff notes oh, of little women or something. It was either spark notes or cliff notes, but yeah. I had them all. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick one, I really do. I think I really like the laundromat trailer, but I think I would actually pick the aeronauts. I just love Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne. The fact that they are coming back together to tell another true story. But in particular, this story looks like it's right up my alley just because I will make reckless decisions to do things I really believe in and really love. And that's kind of what they're doing here. And just like the cinematic possibilities of having two characters trapped in a in an air balloon that's kind of going out of control. It's a little bummer to hear about all the IMAX stuff where certain scenes were shot in IMAX and now they lost the IMAX release because they pushed the regular release of the movie back and now Mm. the IMAX theaters are no longer available. That's a little bit of a bummer, but if the movie is as good as they say it could be, then I imagine with an Oscar campaign would come special IMAX screening. So fingers crossed it's that good and it earns that. (laughs) 
I give me the trailer gave me anxiety in the sense of, of course it did. You know, it's you're up in the air. I mean, it almost looks like a naval battle. You don't but like in heights either, right? I don't mind heights. Oh, okay, but I there is something about. I mean, we've never seen a movie like this where they're they're just in a balloon and everything is going wrong. Like anytime you're in, they show you a movie like Perfect Storm, for instance, right? You know what you're getting into. I know what I'm getting into with Aeronauts, but it's still it's not not giving me anxiety. You know Does it mean? give you anxiety, Silas? I, I wouldn't say anxiety. It, you know, the, the interesting thing about the Aeronauts trailers, it's one of those movies that could go completely either way. Right. It, it could be this amazing historical drama that teaches me about this whole area that I didn't know anything about. Uh, it could also be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there is a part of me that He's would, not wrong. He's not. I, I knew that that's where he was going, and I still got a kick out of it. I love it. Well, I, there's a part of me that almost would prefer the terrible movie. <laughs> there's something funny about a hot air balloon, and I, I almost hope that this movie opens in the hot air balloon Makes and everything else is a flashback. Yeah. I kind of like your interpretation because it's like we win either way. Yeah. That's no, not bad. Agreed. Um, yeah. Before we leave this segment, uh, one cut of the dead. I have a feeling... Well, I know why you're probably not into it, Josh, but I didn't even bother including it on my list because I didn't need this trailer. I've heard such incredible things about this movie where it's such a fascinating spin and such a clever spin on the zombie comedy genre. It's like one little bit that Haley had said that it unfolds with some of the most clever structuring and laugh out loud until you're literally crying comedic payoff I've seen in ages. So Hmm. with or without this trailer, that movie is on my radar. So one cut of the dead. Don't sleep on that. One And now, before we say goodbye, so Monday's episode of Movie Talk is going to be our fall 2019 preview, so it's the most anticipated movies for us for the rest of the year. I had that conversation with Mark Riley and Haley Fouch. You could see that on Monday, on Labor Day. But before we go, I want to know for both of you, what is your most anticipated movie of the rest of the year? Silas? I mean, realistically, it's Star Wars. But I kind of don't want to say that because it's too obvious. Um, I would say either Knives Out... Um, which I sort of has a Star Wars connection, <laughs> or 1917, uh, the Sam Mendes. Okay. Um, oh, the World War which One movie. There, there was a report that it was all one shot, and I have tried to like verify that, and I, I am unclear whether this is true or if it was something was misconstrued. If it is one shot. I think that goes to the top of the list. As in the movie plays out in, in one shot? In a single shot, shot okay. yeah. It's like a World War One battlefield right. in a single shot. Huh. It. You know, there's so much to love about, like, Dunkirk. This looks like Dunkirk, but with heart. Action. That would kick it up on my list a little bit. Yeah, Dunkirk had zero heart. I'm kind of with you on that one. Uh, I know a lot of people love Dunkirk. I was very, like, just unimpressed by Dunkirk. But I loved the trailer for that movie, The Sam Mendes 1917. Uh, for me, like, I want to put, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, son of a... Joker? No, not Joker. Uh, forget about I'm it. I'm trying to think. Any- Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Thank you. I oh, want to put I Jojo Rabbit. I yeah, because I, I love that trailer. I want to put Jojo Rabbit on there, but I'm I'm also like, will I see that in the theater? Or will I just wait for it? No, like you'll see I, it in the theater. Okay, so I'll see it in the theater. As a kid from Pittsburgh who loved the documentary, I can't wait to see Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers in A Beautiful Day yes. in the Neighborhood. Yeah, that's, okay. That's my most anticipated. That's for sure. a top priority for yes. me at TIFF, especially after Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh it's my just God. like my heart melted for Mr. Rogers yep. all over again. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hanks is just so, like, there is no better person to play Mr. Rogers Not than Tom soul. Hanks. I just, or like, at least I tweet at, that once a I tweet at Tom Hanks like once a week, just like, Will you be my friend? <laughs> I just want Tom <laughs> Hanks to be my friend. That's all. I want him to write you back. Yeah, me too. All right. While we wait, 
wait for that to happen. I'm going to say goodbye. Wait, you didn't give your most anticipated. Because I, I gave it on next week's show. Oh, okay. So I, I'm, I'm teasing it. Now that you have theirs, oh. you have to tune in on Monday to find out what we all thought. Death uh, in the model of a house. Like some kind of creepy horror movie that nobody knows about. Um... Not exactly. There, there is one. Uh, there's one horror movie on there that I'm sure everybody mm. out there can probably guess at this point. We do have to say goodbye, though. Silas, Josh, thank you so much for being thank here you, today. Babe. Adam in the booth, thank you for all your hard work. So, I kind of lied again. Movie talk switches times on Monday, September 16th, and I'm actually back to host on Friday, September 13th. That's when I get back from TIFF, not that Same. Monday. So we'll have one more day with me at three o'clock. Have fun with John Rocco while I'm gone. Enjoy your long weekend, and don't forget there is an episode of Movie Talk on Monday. You don't want to miss it. It is our fall movie preview, so check it out and have a good one, guys. See you soon. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.